Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you talk like that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I made the decision of cutting bangs earlier this year, and I loved them, and then I tried growing them out just in case anything oh. was happening this fall, and now I don't know what to do with them. I haven't even done a proper intro yet, but... I'm sorry. <laughs> I've always wanted bangs. Uh, my manager was very hesitant. He was like, you know, what if it, like, changes your look too much? And I was like, what about curly bangs? What about, like, because they can hide easily, so, like, if they, you know, if it's not the vibe, then we can, like, hide them, but, like, if it is the vibe, I get to wear them. And he was like, okay, fine, you do your curly bangs. And I was like, convinced him to let me do it. I loved having bangs, but it has been a learning curve for sure. So, wait, where are, like, do you have bangs now, or are they in the growing out phase? They're growing out right now. Um, I stopped trimming them in May because I didn't know how to trim them myself, and so... Um, the last trimming I got was before quarantine started in like March. And then I was like, oh, I'll just like let them grow out to like a side sleepy length. But I have no idea what I'm doing. 
also growing up, I think, you know, when like you hear something from your mom and it's not true, but you get a fear because of it. My mother made me terrified of cutting my own hair. And since lockdown happened, like my bangs grow out of control and I've been so afraid to cut them, but I finally started doing it. And I like, I stand there in front of a mirror, like trimming them hair by hair because I'm so afraid to ruin it. (laughs) <laughs> That's hilarious. My, I've, I've learned how to cut hair. Not my own. Was not bold enough. Uh, mad respect. But my boyfriend, he hates his hair getting long. He says it grows like out, not down. And so he freaks out when it starts getting too long. And he started getting nervous. He was like, okay, like, you know, it's been a couple months. It's getting really annoying. Like, what do I do with it at this point? I was like, okay, I get the hint. Yes, come over. I will learn how to cut hair. So (laughs) I learned how to cut hair. Oh my God. I don't think there's a better way to start this episode of Collider (laughs) Ladies Night than to talk about your journey with bangs. (laughs) I feel like plenty of people have cut at least metaphorical bangs during quarantine. You know what I mean? We've all gone through that weird moment where we're like, what do we do now? Either either that, where they just play it through mentally, or there's some sort of app with a filter to tell you how you would look with a true, that is true. I might have done that a few times. So, this is your new episode of Collider Ladies Night, and I am here with the wonderful Mary Mauser from Cobra Kai, and you already know how much I adore that show, but I'm so excited to kind of like get to take a step back and learn a little bit more about you and your craft and how you came into all of this. So. Starting at the very, very beginning, I love asking, what is the performance, the movie, or the show that made you say, I got to do that, I got to be an actor? You know, I don't even know that there was something specific. Okay, when I was really, really little, um, I was on my church's TV channel. Um, I'm from a small-ish, community-wise, small-ish town in Arkansas, And, uh, I didn't really know that that was even an option, but like I was on our like TV channel when I was like two. And, um, so I always loved, I guess, like entertaining in a way. Um, and I had a sister, I still have a sister 14 months younger than me. So we were raised like twins and we would just wreak plenty of havoc and put on our own shows all the time. But I actually didn't start acting by like a pre-decided thing. Um, I was five, I had just turned five. And we were going to visit my mom's friend in Pennsylvania. She had just gotten her son into acting and they were doing an open casting call there for a five-year-old girl. And she was like, how fun would it be? You guys are coming on vacation anyway. Why not audition your girls? And my mom asked my sister and I and my brother, who was accurately the right age for the brother role, and was like, hey, do you guys want to go audition for something? They're like, yeah, sure. So she took us out into the front yard and we did our first headshots, me on my bike. That was my headshot and uh, went and auditioned for it. And I ended up being the photo double in the movie Signs. And then from that point on, I fell in love with being on set, meeting people. I got to sit in the big director's chairs. I got fed chicken nuggets when I rejected everything else from the lunch table. Um, I got crunch bars every day from Crafty. I was like living my best life in that moment. So my parents luckily allowed me to stick it out. So I know you were really, really young at that point, but do you remember anything about observing Abigail Breslin and saying in your head, like, I can do that too? I don't even, I think I genuinely didn't know I was a photo double. Like I didn't know the difference between that and an actor and a stand-in. So there were multiples of us who were, you know, like standing in or like my role as a photo double at that age, uh, for I guess people who don't know, you can only work a certain amount of hours. Um, At five, I think it's, you can only work like five and a half hours or maybe less than that. So um, Abby 
was did all the talking and all the face stuff. And then everything other than that was me, like being like, you know, legs or back of the head or like just an arm or anything like that was me. I had no idea what it was like they hit record on the camera and I did the thing. And then I was, you know, sometimes I would even say the lines cause like she would already be wrapped for the day. I had no idea what a photo double was, but I was totally fine with it. I don't think I knew enough yet to care whether or not I was even on the camera, whether or not anyone even was going to see what I was doing. Like to me, it was a giant version of playing house <laughs> and everybody like played their role. It was way easier than with my sister who refused to play the role that I wanted her to play when we would play house. Everybody in this world just like did what they were supposed to do. It was great. (laughs) So when you watch signs now, like do you kind of look around the movie and say like, that's me right there. (laughs) I actually, there's one moment I was watching. I haven't watched it in years. And then this spring I watched it for the first time with my boyfriend because he knew that was like what started. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, I think I'll be able to spot me. I know that there's a point at which at near the end, there's like a, a flashlight that rolls into frame and it's just those feet. And that's my feet and my hand that picks up the flashlight. I knew that one. The one time I almost messed up real bad was uh, we're like coming out of the cornfield and I was on Joaquin Phoenix's hip, like he was holding me and my face was supposed to be buried backwards into his, like over his shoulder so you wouldn't see me. And I, it was a dead silent scene. There were no lines and we were just supposed to like slowly walk into the scene and they were like looking around at all the cornfields and everything. And so me being an impatient five-year-old, I didn't know when the take was over because I didn't hear cut, but I didn't know. So I got bored just looking back at nothingness. So I tried to like turn my head around to like look and see what we were doing. And <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix grabbed my head and just shoves it back into his shoulder so that like I didn't ruin the take. And we were watching it. My boyfriend was like, hold on, pause. I think I saw your face. So there might be like a fraction of my cheek in there or something. I watch that movie all the time. And now <laughs> I'm going to go back and I'm going to look for that exact beat. That's so at that funny. point, you get the photo double gig. Does... Other uh, Do other opportunities start coming in at that point? Or is there, I guess, a gap between that and you actually hitting that moment where you're like, yep, that's going to be my career? I, You know what I mean? I, it's so weird thinking back on it because I don't know that I had like one crystal clear moment other than like it kind of like progressed over time. It like started with that. And then pretty soon after that, my parents both had jobs where we could move. So they were like, why not move? We can move. Do you guys want to try this out? And I was like, absolutely. Because every day when they would take me off of set, I would go home crying, not knowing I was going to get to go back the next day. Um, so I, they were like, clearly she wants to do this. And my brother and my sister just were like, yeah, sure. That sounds fun. So they, um, let us start trying it. And then I think they thought we would have a short attention span and just kind of like get bored of it over time. Um, so we started going to New York and we would go for a few months at a time and then go back to Arkansas and then go for a few months at a time and then go back to Arkansas. And, and meanwhile, like it kind of, first I got like an agent and a manager pretty soon after that. Um, and then the journey kind of started with like auditions and then I got into like the voiceover world. Um, I did a lot of like print and voiceover and that's what I did a lot of in New York. Um, because I feel like that's a lot of just what was there at the time if you weren't doing theater. Um, and I was terrified of theater. Uh, even at five, I was like, if I mess it up, like everybody's going to be so mad at me. So I, you know, I, I, it progressed over time where I was like, Oh, this is so cool. Voiceover. This is what I want to do. I love voiceover. And then I did commercials and I was like, Oh, this is so cool. This is what I want to do. I was like, 
but that movie thing, that was really cool. So let, I want to do that. And so I was trying to audition for that. And then finally, I guess at eight years old, little me turned to my, uh, my manager, who is still my manager today, and was like, I want to be on television. And he was like, well, you got to go to L.A. <laughs> and then we started coming to L.A. <laughs> I have so many follow-up questions. First, <laughs> I want to know a little bit about your relationship with your manager, because I feel like that's something we don't really talk about. And to hear that you've been with the same manager for so long does make me wonder what is the quality in the manager-actor um, relationship there that makes you say, like, like, this is my person. I'm sticking with them. You know, it's so crazy. I feel like he's... And I say this all the time, like, I feel like he's family. Like, I, I'm, I'm sure he knows this. Like, I mean, there's been a year or two where I've nearly bought him a Father's Day card. He's been through so much with me. Um, his name's Brian. I love him. Uh, mostly because at this point in my life, he does a lot of my crisis calls. Um, a lot of my, <laughs> uh, what do I do? Um, there's a pandemic. What does this mean in terms of my career? And he's the one who can calm me down. But like overall, just throughout the years, he's been such an encouraging force has always been like he is he has believed in me to an extent that even I was not capable of and still don't fully feel capable of at this point in my life, you know, through all of my awkward teenage years and my years of being a Twilight fan where I refused to go outside in the sunlight and I probably looked translucent in person. Um and he, he really stuck with me. Um, and, you know, I feel like a manager's role is probably different for a lot of people to like to what extent, but he's very involved um, and has always been involved to the extent that I want him to be involved. Like he, he's the first one to be like, this is your decision. I'm going to take a step back. You tell me what you want. And then I usually call him and say, no, 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 but give me your advice. Like, what's your opinion? Like, just give me some pointers and then I will make my opinion. Um, and I've been very lucky to, to have somebody who's 100% on my team and has never felt so much like a business partner as like a partner partner who's just gonna like be there and fight for me and I know he's gone to bat for me a few times and uh, I'm very grateful. It is so nice to hear that he is just like so purely wholeheartedly behind you because in this crazy industry you definitely need that. I do yes. I do want to know like what did he tell you when you were kind of freaking out about the pandemic situation because I don't know I feel like you having that conversation with him and sharing that could help somebody else out there who might be having similar concerns. <laughs> Definitely. I mean I I think when it first started like nobody knew what to think and I was like so what does this mean you know and he kind of said the same thing I knew which was we don't really know. Um but you know hold out he was like first of all I think there's going to be a new wave of content that will come along. Um, such as this, you know, people are modifying, people are, are changing and making it work. And um, I've heard of plenty of projects that are centered around the idea of a pandemic or things that are filming at home in people's houses with just by yourself, like filming projects. There's, you know, so he, he had plenty of ideas to keep me calm. And then when it came to the world of, you know, what comes next when it comes to Cobra Kai, we were waiting at the beginning of the pandemic to find out where we were going with Cobra Kai and what was happening. And it was all kind of like exciting and a buzz. And I didn't really know what to expect. And he didn't know what to expect, but we all had good feelings. Um, so we just kept, you know, repeating that to me. He's like, you've got this thing. You've got this thing. Nobody's even seen it yet. It's going to be so exciting. <laughs> he just called me down. He was like, so what can we do to keep you busy? Um, you want to enroll in an online acting class? And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm going to stay busy with like school, school. And he was like, great. Let me know how school, school goes. And, uh, you know, he definitely it just basically he's kept me busy and he's kept me looking forward. And uh, and he's right. I mean, I've seen it now. There is a tide that's turning. We're finding a new normal. There are things popping up that I didn't think were possible. And 
luckily a lot of auditions could already be done be done over self tape. So, do you like horror movies? I love horror movies. <laughs> you need to go watch the movie Host on Shutter. It okay. was a movie done entirely in lockdown, and the whole movie takes place on a Zoom call, and it's almost too effective. Okay, I'm going to write that down. Um, that reminds me of, I did have, like, a moment near the beginning of quarantine where, like, I, I had, like, my first, I think it was my first Zoom classroom. Um, as I'm still, like, in college, I really love school, so I just keep taking classes, even if I don't really know what I'm going to do with it. Um, so I was taking this um, I'm in ASL. I'm learning American Sign Language. So I was taking my American Sign Language class. We were in the class. There were, like, all these glitches happening on the computer. And I flashed back to that movie, 1408, the scene where he's on, like, a video call with his, like, ex-wife. And he's like, this crazy stuff's happening. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm so terrified right now, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, the, like, spirit takes over his face. And on the call is, like, everything is fine. Don't even worry about it. And just, like, hangs up the thing. I was like, oh, my God, what did that happen to me? And it's so bizarre. But, like, it really struck me for a minute. No, I can totally understand that. And (laughs) be warned, this is a movie that kind of follows you. I mean, even just seeing, like, we're on Zoom right now. Even just seeing the frame of the application is, like, (laughs) bringing me right back to it. So... Well, actually, first, before I even go back to voice acting, what what else are you studying right now? Are you kind of just like dabbling in a little bit of everything and what excites you? Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of been my main thing. Like, I, I definitely, you know, I grew up, again, like, I'm from Arkansas. And, you know, my thought when I was little was, I, I before I ever was introduced to acting by the age of four, I had my plan. Um, and I would have already been graduated college by now. And uh, I've just kind of realized, like, that's not my life. And I'm so happy about it because I've got this amazing other life and opportunity that I could not have even conceptualized at that age. Um, So I just kind of decided, like, if I really love school, like, why stop? Who's stopping me? You know what I mean? Anybody at any age in any walk of life in any career can go back to school at any age they want to. So uh, I've just decided to kind of, like, study. So my I started out with the idea of what I originally wanted when I was little, which was an English degree. I really love reading. I really love writing. I was going to be a writer. I was going to be an author. And uh, I still do love writing and telling stories and things like that. So I was like, I'll just go and study that because it's like another outlet for me. And then I had to take a foreign language class. And my sister took American Sign Language in high school. And she was like, you should totally take American Sign Language. I was like, yeah, that'd be really fun, I guess. And then we could like, you know, like gossip. Uh, That was my first thought. And then I went into the class and I was learning all about deaf culture. I was learning about that world and it was a world I'd never been exposed to and I knew nothing about and it's all like all all the people that I met were so welcoming and embracing and had this tight-knit community and world that just had this like glowing energy I was like I don't want to be a part of that and then I just became like completely in love with the language and now that's like my I'm kind of in the middle of deciding between whether I want to continue pursuing English or whether I want to actually switch to a full-on deaf studies degree. Huh. That's, that's so exciting. When I was in school, I was very hell bent on getting a degree in journalism. And I was very mad when my program decided that all journalism majors had to double. But looking back, the opportunity to learn about different fields and different topics is is like hands down one of the best parts about being in school. Yeah. 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 And that was the thing too, I guess. And so like, I grew up you know, knowing like from a very young age when I found acting, I've been very passionate about it. And my parents always gave me the out. They always said, you know, you can walk away at any time. I was very lucky in that way. But I loved it. 
and I wanted to keep going. And so I just always assumed like my career was decided, like I'm done. This is what I want. I want to be acting until I'm Betty White and above. Like I like that. I just want to act until I literally physically cannot perform anymore. I want to, you know what I mean? So I was just like, that's it. And then, like I said, I love school. So I stuck with it, but now I'm kind of in this world where it's like, Oh, I could actually like have this thing that I love and also pursue this other thing that I love. And that was uh, really eye opening for me in a weird way. I guess a lot of kid actors, you know, do end up kind of on that path where you're like, okay, I already know what I'm going to do. I'm 12 years old and I'm done. This is it. But, uh, but it's been exciting. So going back to what you said about voice acting and also theater. So it sounds like you're really comfortable in the voice acting booth. Do you think that there is a future where you could take that, you know, the comfortable sense of being in a booth and applying it to a stage program? Do you have the itch to, you know, give that a go? You know, I, I I guess this sounds a little typical at this point, because I've heard other people say this, but I, it's still, it's true to me. And I think, you know, whatever, it can be a trope, a try, whatever, and still be true to you. Um, I was very like closed off to the idea of stage. I was like, unless it's something I really understand the character, I really understand the story, I really understand how it's going to be put together. I don't think I'm ready for it. And I've told my manager that for years. And then two years ago, I saw Hamilton and I was like, oh, stage doesn't have to be stuffy. And it's not that that's the only story that is you know, a a deviation from the norm, but it was my first exposure to seeing a stage performance that was so far away from what I traditionally thought of stage as. And I was like, oh, this I could do. This looks like storytelling from top to bottom in so many different ways. And it's all this like flow and it's all this community, this working together, this creating a moment kind of thing. And it clicked and I was like, okay. And I called my manager afterwards and I was like, so if you see anything on the stage, like anytime soon, get me ready, but, like, also, I'm not a post, so I'm, I'm, I'm much more open-minded now, but I feel like that's, like, me with, I was a picky eater when I was little, and now I eat sushi, so, like, you know, I'm, like, they just <laughs> getting there. I can relate to that all too well. <laughs> I can't leave Hamilton that quickly. What's your favorite song, your favorite character? Um, my favorite song, when I saw it, uh, Satisfied. Um, my, at home, uh, I listen to Helpless over and over and over again, or um, It's Quiet Uptown. I listen to that one over and over and over again. Um, watching it again, now that I've been able to watch it on TV, it's impossible. I don't know. And also TikTok has all these theories. Have you been on TikTok with all the Hamilton theories? I and think I, that's like the big game changer for me during quarantine is how obsessed I've become with TikTok. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's, it's taking over my life. And I was so one of those people who scoffed before. I was like, yeah, me too. how could you possibly be entertained by? Like it's <laughs> less than a minute. How could you possibly be entertained? I'm thoroughly entertained at all hours of the day. Um, I did you get everything. To- you have Hamilton <laughs> theories. You have funny cat and dog videos. You've got dance studios. I mean, I, like I can scroll for hours. It's becoming a problem. Oh yeah. And I'm, I'm big time, like in studying American sign language, I've become big time into the deaf world of TikTok because I'm trying really hard to use it to practice. So I will turn off the sound. I will force myself not to read the captions and try my best to understand as much as possible. So most of my for you page and most of my following is book talk and deaf TikTok. <laughs> I need to look that up. Uh-huh. <laughs> This, is, this might sound a little random, but it's just like an idea that I've gotten a little bit obsessed with is like your, your credited name, 
when you take on another project. And I know there was a point where you switched, where you had your middle name in the mix and then you took it out. So was that a difficult decision to make or was it kind of easy to just like pluck that name out of there? Um, so when I was little, I, I don't know what exposure you have to the deep South, but, um, when I was born, I was given my double name, uh, my full name, Mary Madeline Mauser. My brother and sister also have double or, you know, full triple names. Um, and my mom wanted to hyphenate my name. She said when I was little, when I was born, she said, no one will ever just call you Mary. You're going to be Mary Madeline. And in the South, it runs all together. Mary Madeline. You're going to be Mary Madeline, and that's your name. And nobody will ever call you Mary. And I was like, I was fine with that. I love Mary Madeline. I thought that was a great name. But we also have multiple Marys in my family. So I was called Mary Madeline because I had Mary Ruth, who was my aunt. I had Mary Frances, who's my grandmother. My aunt Mary Ruth had a son who was dating a Mary for a period of time. So we had many Marys in the house. Um, So it was easiest to just keep my middle name. And so all through, like, my young life, I was Mary Madeline. And then at some point... (laughs) My manager was like, <laughs> Brian was like, um, you know, not many people are going to take the time to say that whole name on set. Um, when they need you like right now, they're going to need you like right now. So how's Mary? And I was like, I love Mary. And then I went through a phase where I didn't like Mary. And then, you know, with my, the older I got and the more I understood and got closer with my grandmother again. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm keeping Mary. Mary's my name. So I guess it's my norm now. <laughs> You could have had, like, a nickname of MMM, but I guess that's even, like... Yeah, well, my... So I had, like, I had Eminem, which, I mean, not completely accurate, but Eminem, and then uh, I called myself M dot, M dot, M dot, uh, because I specifically, I I don't know why, but it was very important to me that it was not just mm, it was very important that there were dots (laughs) in between them, so uh, that that was my nickname for myself. Uh, but I mean, with the name like Mary, it's so short. Uh, I don't know if you, well, yeah, I guess you kind of would get that. Like, I don't know if there are nicknames for Perry, like, but like Mary, there's like nothing other than like mayor. And I was like, I'm not going to be the old gray mayor. So no. (laughs) I think the only one I've gotten is, is sometimes people just say P and you know, that's like, like, okay. And it's not okay. I don't know. I do find it very, very like out of left field when someone asks me if Perry is short for something because like I can't think of a good answer to that other than like like Periwinkle. Uh, yeah, my first thought was Peregrine, like Miss Peregrine, oh, so like book Peregrine. series. I feel like I'm gonna just say that. Just that say that. Really no, I feel like that book series about like the creepy kids in the orphanage. I'm named after that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to totally run with that. <laughs> so inching our way closer to Cobra Kai, yes. <laughs> you have, I guess, guested or had like shorter runs on a whole bunch of shows. Is there any particular appearance you made on one of those shows that you think comes in handy the most when it comes to being like a main player on a big production like Cobra Kai? I think a big one for me was CSI. That was my first time getting to do something gritty and dramatic. And I was eight years old, so I didn't fully understand what I was getting to do or say, but I had the most fun with that one. Um, It was, I got killed four different ways. Um, and then at the end still survived because, you know, they go through all the theories of like ways in which I could have been killed. So I got fake shot like four different times, uh, got drugged, um, got tied to some bodies and dropped to the bottom of a lake alive. And then my character was supposed to swim away and get to the like bank, but they had like cut my throat. So I guess like my vocal cords and everything was all messed up. And I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. I was getting to film at the, the like creepy big house on 
the Warner Brothers? No, it's um, Universal. Like the one where you, when you drive around in the Universal backlot tour yeah. at, at the park, like I was filming back there. The like Red Sea that parts when you go through or whatever. Do they still do that on the tour? I don't know. It used I'm to trying, be I'm trying to picture. Part of the Red Sea and the tram would go through it. That's the lake I filmed on. Um, okay, okay. Yeah, and that was, I got to like have some really cool dramatic like crying scenes and uh I got to basically that was my first experience of like me carrying an episode like my character being the one who survived at the end to tell the story and I my voiceover was the one that started the storytelling in the background and all that stuff so that one I think was like a very big step for me and being like I'm a grown-up and I'm doing grown-up stuff <laughs> and uh yeah I can also see where the the love of horror movies might have come <laughs> yes I know my mom was Petrified. She was like, don't look at me too long with my, like, throat slit. And I'm like, but look, it's so cool. They're putting fresh blood on it. Makeup and gore effects will never cease to amaze me. I am fascinated oh, yeah. by that end of the industry. <laughs> so Cobra Kai audition. So I know sometimes when you go in for a TV show, maybe you're auditioning for multiple roles. You don't have a clear sense of the role you're actually going for. Was that the case for you here? Did you know you were going for the role of Daniel LaRusso's daughter? So, um, I've kind of outed myself on this one, so I have to just be honest. Um, I had never seen The Karate Kid before auditioning for it. In fact, the day of my audition, midway through the afternoon, my boyfriend called me and was like, hey, how'd your audition go? And I was like, huh? And he was like, your audition today. And I was like, my audition today? Oh my god, I had an audition today. So I called my agent. I was like, will they please see me any other day? Are they going any other day? I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened. And I still don't really remember what happened that day, but the panic, the panic I remember. And my boyfriend was like, what was it for anyway? And I was like, it's called Cobra Kai. And he was like, you're joking. I was like, no, uh, I mean, no, that's what it says. I'm, I think that's what it is. And he was like, for who? And I was like, um, Samantha LaRusso. La- 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 and he was like, are you kidding me? are you kidding me? And he's the biggest karate fan. So he freaked out. He thought he was so excited. And I literally told him right then, I was like, don't tell me a word. Don't say anything. Either you're going to jinx it or I'm going to go in there and be shaking and not be able to get my words out. So just don't talk to me until after it's over. And after it was over, he was like, how'd it go? I was like, I think it went well. I don't know. And he was like, so can I talk to you? I was like, don't talk to me about it until we hear that I didn't get a call back. And then I got a call back and I was like, now don't talk to me about it until I know that I didn't get any further. And then on and on and on and on until I got to the actual day where I met Ralph Macchio and read the sides with him. And afterwards, my boyfriend was like, can we talk about it now? And I was like, okay, fine. We can talk about it now. <laughs> so what was it like meeting Ralph for the first time? I mean, was Actually, like, maybe it was probably better off, now that I think about it, that you didn't see Cobra Kai, uh, you didn't see Karate Kid before you auditioned for Cobra Kai, because maybe that lessened the nerves that could have been there to begin with? It's like a cash in a two, like, I'm glad it happened the way it did, because obviously it worked out, um, but also I feel like there could have been maybe some different choices I would have made if I had that information, but not really, because my thought process would be Samantha is pretty much like any other teenage girl and like dad talks and it just kind of like oh cool like that's a neat story dad and about the time that you like beat up some kids on Halloween so cool um but like you know what I mean so like maybe she wouldn't really be that affected by her his the history of the story um but I definitely was nervous based on at that point I really wanted it like I really want Like, from the time I read the sides, I was like, this would be really cool. Even though I had no context for it, I was like, this would be really cool. I really, really would want this. But by the time I got to that point, it's like, it's just tangling the carrot, like, 
right in front of me. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I was trying really hard not to psych myself out, but I definitely psyched myself out. And they had this point, at that point, we're far enough along, they wanted to know chemistry as well. So they had me read the sides with Ralph, but they also had me, um, what, what was the term they used? Um, shoot the breeze? Maybe the term they used? Something like that. They were like, I don't remember what it was, but it's some phrase I had not heard before. And I was like, um, excuse me, what? And they were like, just talk. Just talk amongst yourselves. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. And I rambled. I think I rambled and I don't think I took a breath for like three minutes. I just talked at Ralph. I feel so bad for him. <laughs> He's just standing there like with his head spinning around because I'm just like, blah, 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 like talking at the speed of light. And uh, he still tells me I talk like an auctioneer. <laughs> so what do you think of your YouTube channel and the videos you posted with Tanner? So I think it's twofold. I think you are a very good storyteller and you deliver <laughs> A plus behind the scenes stories, but also... <laughs> Does Tanner actually eat like that on set? <laughs> Tanner amazes me because he, he just, he's, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he does it. He can put it away. He is like the number one, like, I can guarantee you no matter what is being served for lunch that day, his plate will be clean. And, and he, down to the point, I swear, I'm going to out him a little bit. I'm sorry, Tanner, if you ever see this. Um, but he takes his finger and like, will swipe the plate and lick it clean. Like, I mean, he, every single bite all the way down. I don't know where he puts it. I don't know where it goes. I feel like it, it fuels his energy. Like you totally, I feel like don't really see it, uh, as much in his character. He's a great actor that way, but, um, his real life personality is almost just like mine. We're just, we just go 90 miles an hour at all times. Um, so I feel like he just burns it off very quickly or something, but yeah, that boy can eat. Are you going to get back to the YouTube stuff soon? I, it was I like, I, I remember like scrolling through a whole bunch of it for the Comic-Con panel last year. Yeah. And then I revisited more of it for this. And like, I want to see you create more there. I definitely, so what kind of happened was I planned out all these videos I was going to shoot when I went to film last fall. The last video I think I posted on YouTube was right before I left for Cobra Kai. It was like a week before. And I had plans to vlog the trip going there. I had planned to, uh, record myself decorating my apartment, setting it up for the couple months I was going to be there, all these things. And then I got there <laughs> and the reality hit of the fact that uh, I have a full-time job <laughs> that is like 14 hour days sometimes on top of karate training, on top of uh, rehearsals, on top of, you know, just all the other things that came along with it. And I was like, you know what, maybe I got to be nice to myself and just let myself have a little break. But I recorded my whole last day on set. Uh, beginning to end and that I'm really excited to go back and look at and, and edit and things like that but I would love to get back into it I've just kind of I'm calling it being kind to myself because I'm just giving myself a break I run all the freaking time so I'm trying to yeah. just give myself a break I feel like I need to take a cue from you sometimes <laughs> I don't and I gotta have a conversation with myself <laughs> I wanted to ask you some kind of like rapid fire-ish questions about the cast because hands down one of my favorite parts of Cobra Kai is the ensemble and I just, like, I love having those conversations with fans, too, like, trying to figure out everybody's favorite character, because everyone has, like, a deeply personal answer. But yeah. for the actors in the ensemble, who would you say is most like their character? <laughs> Ralph? <laughs> he's my dad. <laughs> I feel like he's my dad. Like, I genuinely, like, he's fully adopted me. I get texts and calls. He actually got on my Zoom call for my birthday this year to sing happy birthday to me while I was in lockdown. Like, he's full on, like, he's just awesome. I love him. 
I would totally believe that. He's so great. Um, Who is the best dressed when they arrive to set before they get into wardrobe? Oh, now I feel like this would be a contest if you ask them between Shiloh and Tanner. Tanner before set, he's very chill. It's when he's going out that he goes above and beyond. Like, I don't know if you saw his, his premiere outfit for season two, like cool hat, like just top to bottom. I don't really understand guys' fashion, but he looked great. Um, Shola has like a very different style, but I feel like coming into set, probably Shola puts puts more into his like actual ensemble outfits. Okay. I can definitely picture this. <laughs> Who's the most likely to spill something on themselves on their wardrobe while they're at craft service? You know, I, I, I want to say Tanner. I'm going to say that's going to be Tanner. <laughs> You can't get the visual of him, like, just putting away that candy. It's just, like, there's so much sugar, and I'm afraid of the dentist. I was so alarmed for him. (laughs) Who's the most likely to break and laugh during a scene? Oh, um, when you get us together, I'd say me and Tanner. Um, Otherwise, I would say probably... Jacob and Shola, like the pair of them. I wish we had even more of the bloopers to look at from the past couple seasons because there's some really good ones. Here's more of like a processy type question. So like, again, you're working with a huge ensemble. If you had to isolate two members of the cast that have polar opposite prep processes before they jump into a scene, which two people would you highlight? Honestly, Ralph and Billy, they're pretty, they're pretty true to their, uh, to their storyline. They're pretty polar opposites. I feel like going into like the moment before they are and they're just like so they're so perfect in the roles and they're so perfect together I still like even though we are almost three seasons in I don't know it's just when you look at a classic like Karate Kid and you hear about a reboot especially nowadays where they get we get like non-stop reboots all the time you get precious about it and you don't think they're gonna do it justice and I don't know you've heard me say this enough you guys do it's so good <laughs> well I mean I feel the same way like being especially that I didn't have any exposure to the Karate Kid before so I didn't even have anything going into it but I watched it right before I went. And that's when the pressure was just like sky high for me. So I was like, oh, that's what I'm getting myself into. Are they sure they want to trust me with that? Um, and then, you know, what, what they've created out of it, it's, you know, I, I attest it to who I call the three amigos, but Josh, John, and Hayden. I think they just, they, they care about the project so deeply. Yes. I, I also actually bringing up John and Hayden in particular, I love hearing about a director's process when they're working in tandem. So what yeah. is it like working? Have you ever even done that before? Worked with a uh, a pair of co-directors on something? No, I, I don't think I ever have. Uh, it, it's definitely interesting. Like it's interesting to so the two of them when they are in director mode, that then leaves Josh in producer mode. But you have all three heads still kind of working together. But the two of them in tandem, it's so funny. Like, I've had moments and scenes where, like, John will come in and give me, like, a, a note. And his are usually more broad strokes, his notes. Uh, so he'll be like, you know, maybe, like, think about this, this, this. And he leaves. And then uh, Hayden came in <laughs> this specific scene. And he came in and he was like, all right, so here's what I want you to do. And it was completely different. And I was like, whoa, whoa, wait. Uh hold on, but John just said, and he was like, oh, no, 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 we talked about this. This is what you're going to do. I was like, okay. And then, and then John comes in, he's like, all right, so just keep in that, like, moment before in your head. I was like, no, no, wait, but, but, but Hayden just said something completely different. And so the two of them had to go separately talk and then come back to me to tell me which one I was supposed to do. And we ended up finding a happy medium for everybody. <laughs> I feel like having two sets of eyes. I mean, you explore all the creative possibilities. Totally. And that's the other cool thing, too, is a lot of times they'll take turns with takes. 
They'll be like, now let's try this version. Now let's try this version. So I'm sure when they get to the editing room, they have very different versions of the scenes, which I can only imagine is really cool to watch back like that. So you bring up working with Billy before, and like, I know you haven't had that many scenes with him, but I think this could make this question especially interesting. So you, like, we get to grill you guys all the time, but I don't know how often you get the opportunity to ask about, like, your co-cast's experience working on the show, and I'm talking to Billy next week, so, you know, if you could ask him a question about his experience making seasons one and two, what would it be? My question I haven't ever asked, and I meant to ask early on, but I've always felt too, like, you know, like, oh, that's not my place, I feel a little, a little scared, uh, even though he's, like, the nicest guy ever, is probably, like, how much of like his Johnny now he had thought about in the years between before somebody approached him about having his own storyline. So I know he had his own version when he filmed the karate kid of who he believed Johnny was and who he had created Johnny to be. But like how much of that thought process had gone in, in those in between years or just when somebody gave him that opportunity, is that when then when the process started of thinking about, okay, yeah, that's how this aspect plays into this. I like if he imagined where, where Johnny was. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to pass that to him and then I'll pass it back to you. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. So I just have one season three question for you because I know you can't talk about it, but maybe just like maybe even from like your perspective and not necessarily where Sam's head is at, given what happens at the end of season two, do you think someone can ever truly forgive someone else for what Robbie chose to do at the very end? You know, I feel like that's kind of the cool aspect of it. And I think the cool thing that this show has done throughout is showing you the other side and showing you like how somebody could come to make decisions like that, that make maybe would make no sense if we were watching only, you know, only Jacob's characters, like Hawk's storyline. And we've never had any of the other contexts like, what Robbie or Samantha would look like to him would be completely different to maybe what they look like because we have the why they made those decisions. So I think that's the cool aspect like about this show is that it, like you said, everybody has their own favorite character because everybody identifies with different aspects and because there's justification in almost all of it. It's just what fits with you, like what feels right to you. And I think, you know, Samantha has a lot of sorting out to do when it comes to that. She has a lot of healing, rebuilding, um, coming to terms with and figuring out the aftermath of what happened at the end of season two. That's a huge amount to take on for any human being, much less a teenager uh, in the midst of it all. But uh, definitely for me, Mary, I, I would say it would, it's, it would take more than just words. I still can't believe how far you guys pushed it at the end of season two. It's like the thing of the two ideas were very, were very like meaningful and realistic before then, but like, whoa, that just really went for it. And yeah, it, I mean, it was so fun that way. And it was like fun when we were doing it. I remember just the energy in the room being completely electric and being like, oh, we're creating this super cool thing. And then watching it back, the energy is like so different. Like I'm, I'm from the perspective of a viewer, like, oh my God, my heart. Like, I don't know what I, I, I just, I'm in panic. What am I going to do? Like, I, I can't do anything. I'm sitting here. But like in the moment, I remember it being like high fives all around. We were like, this is so cool. And then watching it back, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. It's like, it's pretty dark. Yeah. And then meanwhile, I'm on like social media looking at behind the scenes clips and you guys are having yeah. a blast there. I know. There's over. It's like, oh my God, all scratched up, scarred up, bloody. 
<laughs> so before I let you go, some rapid fire questions just for you. First, do you collect anything? Yes. A lot of things. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a collector type, but right now it's books, and it has been for like the majority of my life. I love to read. I am very environmentally conscious in as many ways as I can be. That's the one that gets me. Just holding an ebook's not the same as holding like a, a hard copy book. Is there a, is there a specific uh, type of book or genre you're drawn to? Um, I'm more fantasy than anything else. It's my little it's my little escape world. Um, but I mean, uh, I was a I was a twihard. Okay, big time. I still am. Finished Midnight Sun in three days last week. Wait, so did you really not go outside for a while because of Twilight? <laughs> Oh, I failed PE in seventh grade because I refused to walk in the sunlight because I didn't want to get too tan because I wouldn't look like a vampire. Um, so I just walked back and forth in the shade and I ended up getting enough in that class. My mom was like, look, I'm like, I, I'm, I don't even know what to say to you at this point. It's like, I'm covered in glitter and I'm happy. <laughs> think of a fandom equivalent that I might have been through. <laughs> But, like, I don't think it came until later in life when I decided to get a tattoo for my favorite movie. <laughs> like, but as a- that one I would love to do. Obviously, I'm very limited on canvas space, but <laughs> I, I have so many ideas. What, what would you choose if you had to get a tattoo to kind of, you know, I don't know, like, represent your favorite, like, book, your movie of choice, anything at all? Um, I, I thought about it, but, like, I don't know if there is a Twilight tattoo I would ever get. I think that one just lives in my heart. But for Harry Potter, I have wanted the dark mark, like, right here, or the Deathly Hallows, like, very badly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I <laughs> understand that. I've, yeah. I feel like I've, like, been on Pinterest, like, looking at Harry Potter minimalist tattoos. Yes, <laughs> exactly. That's it. I'm like, what is very easy for a makeup artist to cover up? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a good way to go about it. Yeah. I'll give you... I'll give you three more. First, what is the last show that you binge watched? I have been rewatching Criminal Minds. Big time Criminal Minds fan. All right, let's just jump to my serious one. Okay. What is the biggest fear that you've managed to overcome? Um, I have. I am a very competitive person, but not competitive with other people as much as with myself. Um, I hold myself to a ridiculous standard, apparently, um, in comparison to, you know, like the, how open and easygoing I am with everybody else in my life. Uh, I, you know, really love, I love pushing myself. I love pushing myself past boundary after boundary after boundary, but there's definitely always been a fear that there's a cap to that. And I've always been afraid to butt up against that wall for fear of failure, for fear of, you know, all the things that I think most people are scared of, of letting yourself down and things like that. And honestly, honestly, Cobra Kai has made me push beyond that. And I'm very, very grateful for that. I had never tackled anything physical in that realm. I had not so much, I mean, I failed PE, but I had not so much as uh, gotten on a treadmill in my lifetime and was terrified of physical activity and what that would mean for me other than health purposes I did not go outside of that um and this now has made it a fun exciting passion in my life and completely broke through that barrier that I thought I had for myself I absolutely love hearing that I also remembered my other question because you haven't been in a feature film for far too long I think it was Alexander in like 2014 or something so you had the opportunity to join a film franchise of your choice what would you pick and why 
Ooh. Okay. So, um, along with my whole reading kick, there's been so many different book series that I've been like, Oh, this would be so cool to turn into a movie. Oh, this would be so, Oh, this would be so cool. So there's like several that I have on my mind right now. Um, one of the big ones, I don't know if you're on book talk, but one of the big ones that, uh, the book side of TikTok really loves is the book series, Akatar, A Court of Thorns and Roses. And I would absolutely love to jump into that realm because there's fairies and magic and war and craziness and people with wings and incredible powers and all kinds of stuff like that and that's like my realm oh i need to go check that out i feel like i've i've been slacking in the reading department right now because usually i read while i'm or i listen to audiobooks in the car and i'm not driving anywhere right now oh i do the same thing which is why i finally like i mean i went through like so many audiobooks i love listening to books and then yeah i would do it on my like commute to and from work or i would do it to and from school and now that I'm not doing anything, I was like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not like getting through any books. So my uh, boyfriend and my sister and I started a book club and we started uh, taking it chapter by chapter and making an audiobook by reading it out loud to each other. And so we, we alternate and take turns and we've gotten through six books. We are on the last book of the Mortal Instruments series by Cassandra oh, Clare. That's so. one I have dug into a little bit. Yeah, that, it, that's a, it's a fun read. Yeah, totally. It's like, it's, what I was looking for was something to get me out of the book slump. You know what I mean? Something to get me out of the reading slump of like not knowing what to do with, with where to go with it. And like, I loved that series when I was in like middle school and high school. So that was where we started back. Solid choice. You inspire me to create a book club. Oh, awesome. I have pen fed, that's a fact. I have pen fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, figgins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.